Hey, welcome to the It Starts With You podcast. My name is Sam Adams. I am known as the Real Life Coach, and this is a podcast that is all about exploring ourselves, about us taking ownership for our lives, taking responsibility, and our experiences and our journeys into that. I get to speak to some amazing guests and some just all round downright inspirational, awesome human beings. Plus, there's the few episodes of me just sharing my experiences of life and maybe some stuff from coaching my clients. If you want to find out more about me, please head to my website, sam-adams.com. Okay, that's it from me. Here comes your episode. Recording in progress. Welcome everybody to the It Starts With You podcast. This is, oh, another season. I don't know if it's three or four. I'm not very good at numbering my seasons, but this season is all about relationships. And um, I decided to do this season because I've realized through all of my years of coaching that two things always come up, relationships and money. And when I thought about relationships and I thought about putting this season together, there was a few people that sprung to mind that I thought I should have a discussion with. And this lady that we're about to uh, have a conversation with probably was top of the list. So I'm very pleased to say she's my lovely friend, Ali Hendry, who is a holistic relationship coach, amongst other things. So welcome, Ali, to the It Starts With You podcast. Oh, thank you. I want to. I want to save that introduction. Really <laughs> you can save it. You can save yeah. it. Yeah, that's why it's a podcast. It's going to be fake. It is. Um, it's going to be out in the universe. I love chatting with you. You know that we've had so many chats about lots of different topics. Mm. So I am all in for delving into relationships. And it's interesting you talk about money as well because. Yeah, my money mindset is an ongoing journey, for sure. Um, I train coaches to coach, and it's one of those areas that we do talk about as well, because we are sole business owners, a lot of us who, who coach. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So it's, and it, isn't it funny, because money ties into relationships, doesn't it? Because it's, it's that big conundrum between couples and thruples or whoever that how does the money work and I want to spend money on this and oh, we haven't got enough money for that and it, it, it can be one of the biggest dividers in relationships as well and I've just noticed a theme over you know I don't know how long I've been coaching now maybe eight years that yeah relationships and money are always two things that come into play my work is generally around the relationship with self but I know you're you're in a kind of slightly different world so because obviously I know you, but the listeners won't know you. So share with us a little bit about you, what you do. Um, I know your title is kind of like a holistic relationship coach. What does that actually mean? Maybe a little bit about that. How does that sound? Yeah, great place to start. So I, I was drawn to training as a holistic relationship coach because, um, well, when I was doing my coaching training for Radiant Coaches Academy, which is a, a wonderful, inclusive organization based in America, mm. I was training during lockdown. So it was absolutely perfect for me uh, in terms of what was ha- what was happening in the world. Yeah. And, and I really liked how they approached coaching. I liked that they had a good mix of business, um, holistic spirituality, 
Um, so the kind of the woo-woo side and the business side was within this training package. And, and I chose holistic because we are mind, body and spirituality. And so to be able to delve into each of those three areas in the way that works for my clients, some people are more cognitive. They might want to do exercises, um, writing, uh, diagrams, you know, mind maps, etc. That might be their want. Others might be more into the somatics. They want to do body work. They want to do breathing. They want to do feeling into experiences. And others might be more into the spirituality. I use, I pull cards. I use spirituality cards. I talk about the great outdoors, you know, our connection with nature. Uh, so again, if that's their want, then we can go in that area. So I wanted something that touched who we are as humans and our humanity. And I chose relationships because I'll never forget on one of the classes I went to, Des Stevens, who started Radiant Coaches Academy, asked us, what do you want to spend 24 hours talking about? And I was like, man, relationships. <laughs> Someone who um, is non-monogamous, I've always been absolutely fascinated. And all my reading is, is around personal development, memoirs. So I'm fascinated by the human condition. Yeah. So it felt really, really natural to feed into it. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, as coaches, the, all coaches, doesn't matter what your topic is, we will talk about our client's relationship with self. Mm. That's the heart of everything we do. It doesn't matter yeah. what, what niche you go into. It's all about us helping our clients understand who they are in the world today. Mm. 100%. It's, it's just... It's just everything, and so you know, like, and my work is really me. I think, like my journey, we bring all, you know. When, I think the greatest coaches bring all of themselves to their to their work, don't they? And my work really is me. It's my journey and what I've been through, and me understanding myself and my relationship and that disconnect that I had as a child and growing up. So I bring all of that experience and that knowledge and hopefully some wisdom into my coaching and. And just over the years, I've just realised how freaking crucial that is to the quality of my life and the quality of my work and my relationships. And if, if I can't get me right and I don't have that self-awareness and I'm not willing to go there with myself, then I cannot expect any of this external shit to be any better. Uh, no. Let's face it, a lot. I mean, a lot of the students that I'm training up now, mm. I say to them... who why are you doing this and what's, you know, what's your driver? And for a lot of them, and certainly for me and what I hear from you, is that we, we want to be the person that we wanted. <laughs> so we, we are us, you know, we, our clients are us sort of three, four, five years ago. Yeah. They're back there in certain areas, obviously, and we're those ones that go, actually, yes, I'm your coach. I'm going to be helping you help you with my intuition and my questions. And also, you have chosen me because I am some kind of mentor. We share our stories. We share our journeys. So mm. even though I might not be mentoring, i.e. I might not bring in my personal story into the coaching arena, you know already you've chosen me, law of attraction. You've been drawn towards me because of my stories, because of how, you know, what I put on social media or what I put on my website. Mm. So already there's this level of trust that we've got before we've even started because I'm you a few years down the line yeah absolutely yeah we're just a couple of steps ahead uh, and, and you're so right and I see that a lot in my work and I love bringing people up I think that's why I'm a coach I love I love like seeing people blossom and bloom and the light bulbs go on like I, I just fucking love that shit so much 
And I just, because it, I see me in that, because they rock up and they're like, oh shit, I was, I was like that. I, can, I know that I can help you and I can bring you on this journey. And when they, when they start to get it and the pieces of the puzzle start to click in and they start to use the tools, ah, oh, it's a, it's a freaking beautiful thing. It really, really is. But sadly, a lot of people don't want to go there. A lot of people don't want to do that work or feel they can't do that work for whatever reason, the vulnerability piece, the trauma, whatever, Um, you know, and that, you know, for me that, I always say it hurts my heart because it really does. It really, because we, in order to get the best out of this life, I think we have to do the work of self. It's just, it, it just is, you know, uh, and I'm interested to know from you, where does that start? Like, you, you know, because, you know, we took, we hear the words self-care and self-love and, you know, it's, it's all thrown around, especially in our world. We hear it every day, self-esteem, self-worth, all of it. But where does it all start for you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely want to talk about that. I just want to speak to what you've just said in terms mm. of what comes up is that, that piece around divine timing. And when we see that we know we can give somebody the tools to help them help themselves and they're not ready and that mm. frustration of actually we, we then need to sit on it and, and wait and trust that mm. they will get to it when they are supposed to get to it. That can be really hard. Um, and also just to caveat that it doesn't mean I'm any better at relationships. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't mean I know. work in progress. <laughs> yes. No, we're all we're all constantly on that curve, aren't yeah. we? It's like relationshiping is a daily practice. <laughs> yes. And as is as is the work of self, I always say that, you know, yes. every day I'm working yes. on myself and some days it don't go so well. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're not better than you. We we just know stuff that might help you. Exactly. <laughs> Let's put it like that. Yeah, that's um, very yes, well. Put. I love this topic of self-love, self-care, self-compassion because it, they the words get thrown around and and kind of you, you know people should divide people should words teeth people <laughs> should define it in the way that feels right for them. I'm going to float a few ideas that work for me and feel feel right for me mm. with with self-love. I very much see that as loving myself in all forms. So it's acceptance, it's discipline to a daily practice, Mm. it's appreciation, kind self-talk and feeling worthy. Those are the things that come up for me around self-love. And as a relationship coach, I have only recently come to this because I certainly would hear loads of people saying, well, you can't love others until you love yourself. Mm. I believe that's actually a myth because if we believe that we are shutting ourselves down. We are withdrawing from the opportunity for connection. We're saying, actually, I need to get myself to a certain point before I can do anything. And there is healing in relationships. And again, I've come to this fairly fairly recently because there is a narrative that says you need to be healed and ready. Actually, you can do some healing in your romantic relationships. That They need to be grounded. They need to be boundaried. There needs to be a management of expectations. You can't. You don't have to be fully formed. Mm-hmm. If we set this this uh, standard and we keep not meeting it, then we end up feeling very alone rather than enjoying solitude. And there's mm-hmm. a difference between those two things. So I think there can be a danger around that. And yes, it can be painful to love someone who's self-love is not where you want the best for them you want that to be but 
but it is possible mm. that is absolutely possible yeah you might so, you know that's really that kind of really hit me then you saying that because I think I, I was there once where I was so hurt and in so much pain that I I wouldn't allow myself to to have a relationship to be loved because I felt so broken and I, f- I felt like I had so much work to do uh, and, to, uh, and to, I mean, to be honest, getting through it on the daily was a freaking nightmare and I just felt that like I couldn't go there. And it actually took one of my friends who turned, who said to me really quite bluntly, and I love her for this, um, why the fuck won't you let yourself be loved? Mm. And it re- and it was a there was a whole bunch of other bits in there as well, but it really stopped me and made me think about putting myself out there again and why I wasn't allowing love into my life and and it really did get my train of thought around well well I've got to heal this bit and I've got to stop thinking about this person and you know not realizing that I can do all of that I can heal while I go along and have relationships so that that really you know you know really hit me then when you said that yeah we can do all the things while we are doing all the other things yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah yeah um so that so that's the self-love piece that I like to speak to the self-care is looking after self in in all the ways mental physical emotional Hmm. physiological spiritual etc and I think it's we can put we can put these links in the show notes yeah I think it's important to talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs I know this is something you talk about as well Hmm where you've got the triangle and at the bottom of the triangle, the, the kind of um, base, the, the um, you know, holding space mm. is your physiological needs. So food, water, warmth, rest, sex, homeostasis, etc. The next one up is our safety needs. So security, safety of body, safety of health, job, resources. Mm. We've then got the belongingness and love, which is the friends, intimate relationships, family, Next level up is esteem needs, so that accomplishment, respect for from others and to others. And then at the top is the self-actualization, which is achieving our full potential, potential morality and acceptance of um, facts. Mm. So with self-care, it's not just bubble bath people. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I mean, that can be. That can be, absolutely. I think it's much more nuanced than that. It's things like setting and maintaining boundaries that's something that I talk about so much with my clients. Um, they, yes, they come to me to talk about their relationships. We also talk about relationships with family. We talk about yeah. heartbreak with friendships. We talk about colleagues. We talk about small businesses. So although they come to me for one topic, and I know it's the same for you and your mm. clients, we talk about everything and anything because we're there to coach. We're not judging. We're not saying, oh, I can't talk about that. It's not my mm. remit. It is. We know how to coach. So we bring that skill to you and you bring to us the thing that you are absolutely meant to be talking about in that hour. And Mm. we're there for you. We hold you. We've got this with you. Mm. So I think the self-care thing is where most people go to. Oh, yes, it's the bubble bath. It's the it's the it's that kind of thing. But what about positive self-talk? What about catching yourself when when you're taking yourself into a downward spiral? Those activities can actually feed into your self-love. So focusing on self-care can improve your self-love. So there can be this kind of cycle. And what I always say is that how you demonstrate your self-care practices 
is how you are unconsciously showing your partner how you want to be treated. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. If you're not treating yourself in a way that's happy and healthy and making you feel good, they're not doing it on purpose, but inadvertently, some part of them is reading that and they're treating you like shit. And yeah. you're like, what's going on? It's because they're seeing how you're treating you. Yeah, that is like mic drop moment, isn't it? Like, it is. Yeah. It's like how you treat yourself. You're, you're, you're role modeling to the people in your life about how they can go about treating you as well. Uh, just, yeah, fucking good. <laughs> it's, and I loved what you said about heartbreak because we often attribute heartbreak to those personal, those intimate, you know, sexual loving relationships. But we, we experience heartbreak in all other relationships. Like, you know, I've had heartbreak in friendships as well where, you know, suddenly you're ghosted and you're like, oh, what the fuck happened? You know, you, you don't know what happened. Um and I've experienced heartbreak through that. And then, you know, heartbreak from your familial relationships. And it's so important to recognise that when we talk about relationships, it's it's just so much bigger than, you know, you're, we all just automatically, the go-to is the intimate relationship. But there are all these other relationships that really impact us massively in our day-to-day -day life. And we can experience heartbreak through these other relationships and learning to navigate those is equally as important as learning to navigate your personal relationship and that relationship with yourself. 100%. I offer a seven ways in 28 days program, heartbreak healing twice a year. Mm. And people, and it says in the, in the uh, frequently asked questions, you know, people say, I mentioned that it could be heartbreak from friendships or family relationships. Mm. And sometimes they've been going longer than your romantic relationships and they can land in a different way. Yeah. Um, the, the phrase relationship anarchy. So this, this comes up quite a lot with some people in terms of having, what it basically means is having a flat management structure to your relationships. Yeah. So all your relationships carry equal weight. And I think during lockdown, a lot of us changed our, I certainly did, and people I've spoken to did, changed how we related to our friendships. Our friendships suddenly ramped up and became more important because we needed that connection mm. and we needed to find ways of connecting in different ways with different groups. We weren't going to the corner shop and having those casual connections yeah. with um, people selling us things or the barrister, you know, with the coffee. We weren't having any of that. So we were looking for intimacy in other ways and how we got that was regular phone calls or texts or messages with our friendships. So what that did is it meant that actually there wasn't this grading which society loves to do where <laughs> the romantic relationships are at the top, then we've got maybe family, then maybe friends, then maybe work colleagues. Actually, they all have a place in our world. And if we give them weight and time, including relationship with self, as we're talking about here today, that gives balance to your life. And that's what we want as humans. That's what we should all be striving for. And as coaches, we definitely do that. We bring balance back into your life, mm. which does mean looking at all the types of relationships and how you invest in each and every one of those. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting you say about the pandemic, bringing that to the fore. And I think, yeah, it did for, for a lot of people because we if we you know had a partner we were stuck with that one partner and no one else it was seemingly so we're all craving all these other connections you know the zoom meetings the quiz yeah. the quiz nights the i'm gonna go and walk the dog and hope i bump into someone you know it's like because you do miss those just those little bits that we get every day of connection and and something that i've i've learned ali over the years 
and I know you speak to this piece really, really well, and it's a big part of you and your work, is that we can have many relationships. We can have many intimate relationships, sorry. Um, and, and before, you know, years gone by, you know, I was like, you're fucking bonkers. Like, it's one, one person for one person. Do you know what I mean? That was my world because that's what I've been taught. That's what I've been shown. And that's what's on the TV and everywhere around me. This is how we do it. And you need to fit in this box. Um, but what I've learned over the years is that I have many intimate relationships. I, you know, I have girlfriends that are, you know, two of my, I, two of my closest friends and, and I talk about them a lot, Diana and Tanya. I have the most intimate, beautiful friendship with those two women. Like uh, we share everything. It's very deep. It's very loving. It's, we're, you know, it's very connected. They're not my lovers you know, but we are, have a beautiful, deep, intimate friendship. And that takes a box. It's just, it's one box. It's one part of what, what I need in my life to have this balance. I have beautiful, I'm very lucky. I have a beautiful family. We're very close. You know, we spend some really good quality time together. That's a really intimate, beautiful relationships there. That's another part of it, you know, and then we go on and on and on from there. Do you know what I mean? But I never recognized them as intimate relationships until, you know, much more recently in my life. And, but now I do, it it fucking makes so much sense. It's like, why wasn't I living like this before? Understanding that we have multiple intimate relationships. Yeah. What you're describing is friendships that are romantic friendships. But I have the same. We're not shagging each other. There is a level of romantic intimacy there. I have the same. I have, uh, again, like you, I'm very lucky to have good relationships with real strong friendships who fulfill so many of my needs Mm. and also a good relationship with family, which has been hard work. And I have to say, as well as obviously a massive advocate of of, um, coaching, I'm also a big advocate of therapy. And these are all obviously luxury items for people. So Mm. there are luxury items on the trolley. If you can afford to have people around you, these, these support systems around you, and community is a great place to get get support as well. Yeah, Certainly going through therapy has helped me improve my relationship with my family because what therapy does, so we deal with the current, we deal with the now. Where are you at now? Where do you want to be? What steps can you take to get there? Let me be your accountability buddy. Let me ask you questions that help you find that way forwards. Mm. With therapy and counselling, that's very much looking at the past with a view to healing. Yeah. So let's step into that past. Let's caretake that inner child. Let's see what we can learn from what happened back there because we can't change it, but we can reframe it and repurpose it. And all the stuff that I did in therapy around my familial relationships was so so powerful and has absolutely led to the place that I'm at now and like you say with your friendships we these are these are our squad I mean I have I have one friend who we message every single day we send an affirmation every day to each other and a gratitude and if you're looking for a bringing in a new practice then what I love to use this word habit stacking. It's yeah. from a great book called Atomic Habits. I know James where you got Smith. that from. I love that yeah. book. Yeah. I love that book. We'll put it in the show notes, people. Yeah. And, <laughs> and habit stacking is looking at what you do every day and then bringing in a new habit that you can stick on top of it. Yeah. So I can, t- I can talk about that in terms of this, this situation. So me and my mate, we were sending emojis, one emoji a day, funny, crazy ones. 
Um, we only lived down the road. And yet that's, that was the nature of our relationship, to touch base with each other. And then after a while, we were both talking about wanting to do commit to gratitude lists and, and commit to affirmations. And so it felt so natural to turn into that. So every single bloody day, that's what we do. We send these two sentences to each other. Um, the other habit stacking that happened fairly recently was I make my bed every day. It's something that is a morning practice. And I wanted to do more on the personal affirmations. So with affirmations, they have to be personal. They have to be present. They have to be positive. Mm. And I wanted to bring that in as a daily practice because they were a bit kind of scattergun approach. And I realized that actually I can say them out loud while I'm making my bed. So that's like three minutes every single day. And the day that I thought about doing that habit stack, I've done it every single day. Brilliant. So it's brilliant to look at actually if I'm bringing in a new self-care practice, if I'm bringing in um, something that stimulates my self-love, my relationship with self, what do I do already that I can bring around that? Journaling is another great one. Now, yeah. <clears throat> I'm a big advocate on, of journaling. So um, I've written a blog about it. Again, we can, we can for Radiant Coaches Academy, mm. I've done talks about it. Right, with, with journaling, that's, again, that is us getting to know self. That is you having a conversation. It's intentional time mm. with self when you journal. And you don't have to do written journaling because for some people, I don't want to push journaling on people if it doesn't feel right. Definitely don't want to do that. I invite you to explore different ways of journaling. There's mental journaling. So get yourself into a position or maybe you go for a daily walk and you allocate some time to mental journal, to have a conversation with higher self or inner wisdom. Or you do voice note journaling. You just drop a voice note and then you might delete them or you might listen to them later. It doesn't have to be a written exercise. Mm. Make it work in the way that works for you because then you're more likely to stick to it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, I'm a fan of all of those things you, you've said and journaling. Yeah, it has to feel right for you. Um, I'm, a, I'm a mental journaler in the morning. I check in with myself. I do my little morning check in and it's a mental one. And I, in the evening, I'm, I, I write my gratitudes and I do all of that in the evenings. And that's it. And it works for me. And we've all got to find our way with that with that stuff. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and we I was talking to my mum the other day and she said, and I didn't realise she did this. She said, since I've been living on my own, which has been years and years, she said, at the end of every day, I do a mental check in. I'm like, what have I achieved today? And well done you. And I was just like, man, you should have been a coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant practice. And I didn't know she did that because yeah. we were talking about daily practices. Awesome. Yeah. It, it is. And it's all these little things that, like you say, they create this self-awareness and they create this relationship with yourself and this understanding. This is how you get to know yourself uh, and build this wonderful relationship with yourself. I, I've, I've got the Real Life Club, which is my membership. And we post every day and there's stuff we do every day. But I always say that one of the the exercise that I really want everyone to do is the one they do on a Sunday, which is when they reflect and they review on their week and they think about what's gone well for them that week. What hasn't gone well? What what would they have done differently? And what can they carry forward into the following week? Like, you know, what good habits or whatever. So it's all about your habits, your behaviours from that week. Uh, and I, if you do that fucking consistently... Like, you know, if you do that for, I don't know, half a year consistently, 26 times for a year, I promise you your fucking life will change because your relationship with yourself will change. You'll start to see patterns of behaviours and thinking 
and you start to understand yourself on a different level and then you can start to do something about it and then you can just make these little adjustments weekly and again it's about habits it's habit stacking it's understanding your behaviors and what you can link into another behavior it's really powerful shit this stuff but it's it's having the discipline to do it every week or every day um and this is why it's important to find the way that works for you best like we're saying around journaling audio journaling writing drawing whatever works for you mental journaling it's finding what works for you but the overall umbrella of it is super powerful it's just finding how it's going to fit into your life and how you yeah. can make it work for you i i spoke i spoke to a good friend of mine who's also another south coast person um, and they are a, a mindset uh, business coach mm. and mindset marketing business coach michelle allen infinite mm. art starters and she journals every day for her business so every day she she does three pages she does one page of brags celebrate all the stuff she's done one page of fears to do mm. with her work and her business and one page of reframes so let's see how I can turn this around and see it in a positive way mm. and I love that idea and that's her daily discipline yeah, yeah. in terms of her commitment to her business yeah it's brilliant absolutely brilliant um god <laughs> we could talk about a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah how long is this podcast been? well I, I try and keep you. them sort of like under about 40 minutes um we've okay. been going for about half an hour I guess because right. we don't have a lot of time. Um, let me ask you this then. If there's one thing that you could speak about on this podcast that we haven't already spoken about, what would it be? I really want to talk about self-compassion. Go for I it. I really do. Because I think that is where it's at. I know we talk a lot about self-love and we talk about self-care, but mm. self-compassion is to do with forgiveness. Um, now, people who are part of my AH coaching community Facebook group, they will be, have access to my talking hours. <laughs> is it a talk? Is it a webinar? No, it's a talking hour. 20-minute talks. And I've recently done one on forgiveness. And I think this feeds into all types of relationships. Mm. Um, self-compassion is very much about forgiving yourself for things like negative self-talk, negative emotions. I think it goes deeper than self-love because it's an acceptance that we honour the light and the shadows of the human conditions, mm. of the human condition. Mm. Um, I think it's it's about being kind to ourselves and understanding ourselves when we're confronted by personal failings. It's empathising. Um, it's different from self-esteem, which is more about self-worth and our perceived value, whereas with self-compassion, it's not based on any kind of self-evaluations. It just comes from this kind of universal understanding that we all deserve compassion mm. and I think again it's different from that self-confidence piece where you know self-confidence makes you feel better about your abilities whereas self-compassion encourages you to acknowledge those flaws and see yourself from a more realistic standpoint so just the benefits really of self-compassion how it impacts on you how it impacts on others um, you are better able to support others. It's that absolute thing about put your gas mask on first before putting someone else's gas mask on. Not only are you role modeling the importance of self, mm. you're also better able to support them because you are able, breathing oxygen. You're still alive. Mm. Um, three, and just really quickly on the three components of self-compassion for people to think about. There's the self-kindness piece, which as I've said, it's about that forgiving self for your mistakes and understanding yourself. Mm. There's the common humanity piece in that we all make mistakes. It's a human thing. And then there's the mindfulness piece, which is where we identify those negative self-talks and we address them with that love and that compassion 
and approach them with that curiosity and openness mindsets. I think that is key. It's like self-compassion is self-love going deeper, seeing those dark corners and coming to that place of acceptance so that we can truly be the best human that we are supposed to be right now in this life. Mm. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's a whole piece in itself, isn't it? That we could do a whole podcast on. Up to. (laughs) Well, sadly we don't have time today, but yeah, I'm there. Like That is just self-forgiveness and you know and of course I'm you know I'm thinking of myself and you know self-acceptance and just yeah like I've struggled in the past to forgive myself for some things and you know like say those dark corners that we have and and in in having that self-compassion is is is, you know if I think about my clients it's really it is an area that people massively struggle with massively strong i think we i think certainly in my world anyway we are incredibly hard on ourselves Mm. and i i'm very fortunate i you know i have these intimate beautiful friendships and most of my friends are some of my deepest connections we we're all business owners we're coaches we're healers some somatic you know i'm diana's a sound healer tanya's a somatic healer i've got other coaches and you know so we I have beautiful people around me and we are very good at kind of holding each other and Mm. catching each other in these moments of when we can be quite hard on ourselves or, you know, our language and not, it's it's in a beautiful way. It's not in a coachy way or a judgy way. It's, it's us helping each other be the best that we can. And also recognizing that we are not superhuman as coaches. We're not always right. And that we also need, support and yes yeah to be you know someone else to go hey hang on a minute there's a wider view to this you're seeing it in a very you know you're in the box but let's step out of that and look at the whole picture and and I'm very lucky that I have people to do that and this is why I think we all need coaches like I I massively do I'm a massive believer in therapy Um, I've recently gone back into therapy myself and yeah I'm you know, I know it's the American way, isn't it? Like the, the Americans have been doing this shit for decades <laughs> and coaches and therapy and stuff like that. Um, and, and I've always engaged in therapy. If I think about it, I had my first therapy in my early 20s and I freaking love it. And it's no surprise that I am who I am and where I am doing what I'm doing because I'm, I have actually always really engaged in like getting help and support. And I think we can never see the whole picture for ourselves. It doesn't matter how great a freaking coach you are or therapist you are. There's a reason the therapists are in therapy. There's a reason that all good coaches have their own coaches because we recognise we fucking don't know it all. We cannot see the whole picture. And sometimes we also are very human and we these things that we support other people with, we do ourselves. Absolutely. That's what I always say to my clients. I'm like, you are brilliant at seeing your brain from the inside out. I am now going to show you your brain from the outside in. I love that. And I'm like, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And some of that is what you were talking about in terms of expectations. That's what I heard you say. It's like mm. we hold ourselves with these huge expectations and we don't always meet them. And so what happens is the self-compassion bit gets forgotten. So when you're looking at your expectations for your day, for example, can you relook at them and say, is there anything I can reduce by 1% that feeds my self-compassion more and stops 
feeding the massive, you know, societal work hustle culture that we're all part of and all trying to fight against. So is there anything you can reduce just by 1% that brings it back to you and your heartfelt business? Oh, I love that. And I love the whole 1% thing. That's a, that's a James Clear thing, isn't it? Um, it, it, it is, you know, just, just those small... I think, And I think often, you know, again, thinking about the work, and you might get this, I often find that clients want these massive big leaps. Uh, and it's like, well, the, hey, whoa, 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 let's just bring this all up. And it's all about the 1%, right? Doing that little 1% every day and in, in many different areas of our life. This is how we make shifts in the sand over time. Just those small little incremental bits every day, rather because we live in this world of let's be extraordinary, let's be successful, let's have this fucking perfect relationship, and yada yada yada. Fuck that shit, man. Like, I, I, you know, I'm, you know, it's just like, no, like, I always, I had a coach once that I used to say big leaps. What I used to, I used to say, I don't believe in big leaps. Now, they can happen, of course. And he used to always call me out on it, but I because I've always been a massive believer in the small little gains, these little one yeah. percent things. But he 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 used to always call me out on it, but I still believe in it. I still believe in the one percent every day, like because I'm doing yeah. it for myself. Like I'm doing it for myself in areas like self self compassion, self care, self love, whatever you want to call it. Me being the best human I can be, me being more loving and more connected every day. I just want to be one percent better than I was yesterday. Yes. Yes. If we did that consistently, it, it it's pretty magical. But I know really? I'm a better human being now. I know that and I am. We get to see that. We get to see those transformations in our clients, the ones that work with us for, for months and sometimes years. Those, and even for, you know, my shortest package is four weeks, which you can use fortnightly. It tends to be used fortnightly. So within those couple of months, you I get to see real change in people. It cannot be a one-off. It has to be a commitment. You have, you are training yourselves that you are coming into a, a season of change. Mm. You can't do that with a one-hour session. You can if you're bringing in that accountability, if you're practicing new things, if you're feeling into new behaviours and telling your unconscious that this is where we're going now, people. Follow me. <laughs> yeah. And that will happen over time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love this mm. conversation. This is so, so good. Um, sadly, we are going to have to come to an end. But I get, I mean, I co- this podcast is called It Starts With You. And I've used that tag for quite a few years now. I guess I know what it means to me. But when I say it starts with you, what, what comes up for you in that, in that sort of tagline? Books. Really? Books. <clears throat> I am a massive book reader. Um, I read lots of personal development tomes. I read lots of memoirs, as I said earlier. Mm. And I am forensic on choosing different authors, choosing diverse authors, because the only way that I can grow is by having different voices in my life. If I surround myself with people who are exactly like me, I cannot grow because I am not learning anything new. If I look at what comes up in my Instagram stream, my social media streams, my podcasts, the authors of, my, of the books that I read, then I am growing and I'm learning new ways of doing me. 
So books actually comes up. Wow, I love that answer. That's I always ask that question as well, and and you've gone completely off on a tangent on it. I love it. I love Often it. do. <laughs> no, I love that. I absolutely love it. Uh, Ali, this has been. A, it feels very short. Uh, a very yeah. short conversation, um, but it's been it's been fantastic. We we should do a part two, I think. Definitely. Um, and, uh, and if people are into relationships and they want to talk about things like jealousy, then they can check out my TEDx that I did at yes. the beginning of this year. So we'll link that in the show notes. Yeah, Survivor's Guide to Jealousy. So you can hear more about my uh, chaotic love life and also <laughs> how I navigated jealousy. So that's all up for grabs as well. And that, again, that's about the relationship with self, isn't it? Like, yeah. why are we having these feelings of jealousy come up? And what what's that about? I mean, again, that's probably a whole show on its own, isn't it? And then non-monogamy and all of these things that, you know, again, all relationships that we could, we could talk about. But listen, guys, thank you for... Listen to this podcast. If you want to know more about Ali, please go check out. I'll, I'll put her, her website is in the show notes, the TED Talk, all of the things we've spoken about today. A um, couple of quick fire questions. We always end on yeah, Ali. Absolutely. Favourite favorite, uh, favorite music? Like, number one song in the world for you? <gasps> oh, Hey Mr. Dreammaker by Cliff Richard. Wow, wasn't expecting that. Okay. I've got, I've got a tattoo with a line from one of his songs. <laughs> I, Brilliant. I, I was a massive... He's still going. He's, he's gigging. Next I know. He's, I, mean, I don't know. You can call it that. He's, um, <laughs> he's, he's still doing concerts, people. Brilliant. He's the same as my mother, literally, born the same year. Wow. Um, and I've always been a fan. Yeah, I was that odd child no, when it came great. to music. Not, uh, not a Duran, Duran or Spandau Ballet, but... Okay. okay, one book you think everyone should read. Oh, my goodness. Everyone should read The Good Ally. I have got, I am three quarters of the way through this book. It's by Nova Reed. Anyone who is anti-racist should read it okay. 100%. Great. It has, yeah, it's it's a game changer. Brilliant. Favourite food? Favourite food, that which is cooked for me by someone else. <laughs> you and me both. You I'm and me not, both. I'm not, a, I'm not a big cook. I'm not interested in it. I get very nervous in the kitchen. It's not my natural resting state. I like to do other things in the kitchen. Um, but <laughs> That's another show. Which you're eating. <laughs> um, but my favourite food is definitely when somebody who cares about me and I care about them is cooking for me. I love that. I absolutely, I, I'm the same. I, I don't like, the kitchen is not my natural comfort zone. I don't like preparing food. I don't like cooking food. I just like eating food. And that is it. So and I'm with you. Anyone that's going to cook food for me, you know, we're friends, basically. We are friends. Yes. Ali, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much um, for welcome. coming on the show. Sam, I just want to say you inspire me. Your work has always inspired me. Oh, what I've you. learned from the way that you run your business is how much you bloody show up. And I think that thank makes you. you the best coach in the world because you are constantly showing up for yourself and your clients in a way that truly inspires me. So I thank oh. you for being in my life. No, thank you. It's absolute. Well, I, you know what it's like when you're a I think all the best coaches are the coaches that just absolutely love what they do, um, and and I and I love what I do, um, and it it heals me and it helps me. My work heals and helps me as I go along, and I get to have impact and inspiration, and just like you do, and you've inspired me. Like you know, I, I you know I've obviously watched your lives, and you, I know you do the diva lives on Instagram as well. So people, you can check that out as well. Um, and, you, and your stuff on relationships and on uh, Clubhouse, I know. And, I, and you've really inspired me to think differently about relationships. So um, 
Thank you. Oh, yay. Mutual appreciation society. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ali. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to It Starts With You. My name is Sam Adams. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about me, then you can visit my website, sam-adams.com, where you can find information about my coaching and my speaking. If you're interested in finding out more about the podcast and future guests, then please visit our Facebook page, It Starts With You, and also our Instagram page, It Starts With You Podcast. Thanks very much and have a great day.